Hey Dukes, Todd here. Uh, real quick before we start, we're basically ad-free this week. Uh, you know the drill. <laughs> Our friends at Mossy Creek uh, do everything for us and, and make this all possible. So please go by the shop in Harrisonburg and set up your spring trips. Um, mention the podcast when you're in there, anytime you're in there, even if you've already been there. Um, but you'll get a free sticker, maybe some free coasters, who knows. Um, one thing for sure, you'll get a, if it's Brian or Colby in there, you'll get a few minutes talking about JMU Sports. Um, and then our friends at Homefield, you can use the code JMU Sports Blog for 10% off any order from Homefield. Uh, so go to homefieldapparel.com. Um, we love them and we're really grateful for them. But otherwise, we're at 45 seconds and you're ad free the rest of the way and set up for a fantastic conversation um, with the student sports editor at The Breeze. So looking forward to talking with you all next week. You're also going to get a little sneak peek in this episode. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't keep our mouths shut about a series we're working on and some really fun, exciting uh, stuff we have coming up throughout the spring, uh, getting us all ready for future belt. So without further ado, go Dukes. Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the JMU sports blog podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy, Rob. What's up, Rob? Not much, man. How you doing tonight? Yeah, doing all right. Um, it's Winter Olympics time, and it doesn't feel that way uh, this year, right? It, it's so weird. The China Olympics uh, again. The time is really hard. The time is hard. The uh, the lack of snow. Like the thing I like about the Olympics is watching the the like winter wonderland place where they happen usually, and this yeah. is like just brown. It's like Virginia, basically. Like it's weird. You know what it reminds me of? Did you ever see like for a while? I think after Johnny Mosley won the Olympics, they did like barnstorming tour where they would set up the big moguls things like in downtown San Francisco or something like that. It reminds me of that. Like it is just really weird how you had Schifrin last night skiing and 400 yards to the left and right, it was just dirt. Yeah. Just, well, and then that big air thing is in the middle of a like nuclear reactor facility. Like I don't even it know. It looked what like Springfield was. from The Simpsons. Yes, it really like, did. Like the opener. Yeah. Oh uh, well, we are excited tonight. Um, we have a special guest with us to join us for the show tonight. Um, and we're really excited to be joined. You, we've had. So you're following. She doesn't know it yet, but she's following um, other guests we've had. We're on a run of guests here. Yes, we had we Coach are. Shelley from Lacrosse and Coach Laporte from Field Hockey the last two weeks. Um, but right up there with them, we are excited to have uh, the Breeze's sports editor this year, Savannah Rieger, joining us. Welcome, Savannah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you guys so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. really excited to have you. We try to do this, you know, I don't know, once a year, but we're always awkward about, like, how do we get in touch with the student? Like, are they a cool coming on? Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, yeah. But. Well, you're following Between, what Katie Harper's a multi multi time guest. Uh, Bennett Conlin has been on yeah. a bunch of times. So, yeah, yeah proud proud so, history of, of Breeze people helping us out here and joining definitely. us on the pod. Yeah, and Savannah, I think it's fair to safe to say that you and your coworker Madison, right? Mm -hmm. Is it Madison? Um, have been kind of carrying the Breeze sports section for the last couple of years, particularly through this like COVID year, a couple of years. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and I have to say, for both of you and the rest of your sports team, I mean, Bree's team overall, but especially in mm -hmm. sports, thank you. Like, it, it first and foremost, like this has been a hard year for fans. Um, yeah. In addition to players, much harder for <laughs> work people, employees, and players. I know, yeah. but also for fans, just we don't have a lot of access to anything. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, there was a whole year where we couldn't go to games, didn't see people, didn't know people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Rob and I have like, normally we meet the coaches at some point. Mm -hmm. Like we've never met anyone who like coach Byington, for example, like anyone who came Mm -hmm. like since COVID, no one's ever met who's not like on campus every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just, it's been really great. And then obviously there's been some turnover at the DNR, um, which we'll get to. So, so Savannah, for anyone who doesn't know, is also a part-time sports writer for the DNR. Been covering a lot of local high school hoops this year. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, um, you know, but it, it just really, it, it's so limited, right? It's been you two and then whoever from the DNR and I don't know, TJ Ack. Like, that's about it. Like, it's just yeah, like really the lo- it. <laughs> it's like three people. So it's, we've definitely noticed on all the Zoom press conferences, like that the breeze writers are more prominent so keep up the good work. okay I'm happy to hear <laughs> yeah. that i don't think i'm that prominent on the zoom calls so well i mean there's nobody prominent on the zoom calls for true. the rest of us so <laughs> it's been great yeah um so let's just start here you know was this something like did you come to jmu thinking i'm going to get involved in the in journalism in the breeze mm-hmm. like did you do this before school a hundred percent. I wanted yeah. to come get involved with journalism. I when high school, I didn't mm-hmm. start till late in high school. I joined their newspaper my senior year, mm-hmm. but um, I wrote for Loco Sports in no Northern Virginia, which is like a sports writing thing covering like college commitments and game recaps. And I did a lot of field hockey coverage there, and I did a lot of just game re- you know, commitments, whatever you say, whatever they are in general. Um, mm-hmm. when I was there, and I really liked doing that because I. I knew I wanted to go into sports. I didn't know how. And so that kind of showed me how, because I'm not the best. I'm not marketing. It doesn't interest me as much as writing does. <laughs> so, you know, I was really happy about that. Uh, I came to JMU knowing I wanted to do SMAD, especially after I came to like my choices event here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps when you've gone to every football game since you were at home game since you were eight years old. That plays a part. That plays a part in it, definitely. Um, my parents are huge <laughs> alumni, so JMU was like it wasn't a no-brainer, but it, I definitely always had a certain bias in comparing everything to JMU. And then I joined the Breeze pretty much as soon as I got here, and because I wanted to cover football, and so um, and you know from there I just met like a ton of great people. That's awesome! Wow, so t- you've been going to games for that long? Like that? Does that go oh, back yeah. to like? the tail end of the Mickey years or is that like Everett yeah. Withers? Oh, yeah, wow. so I remember seeing Mickey Matthews. <laughs> wow. Okay. So your wow, parents that's... were alums and they were fans? Oh yeah. So my parents are class of 91, um, Lyle and Ann Rieger. Um, hmm. And then it's actually funny. My great grandma was here for Madison college. Wow. And then my grandma went here with my dad's mother went here as well. So I am a fourth generation student here. So I, I, Oh my gosh. That is so wow. cool. That is, that is really so cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, it's I actually now Rob, I'm like, I can't believe we've probably met her parents somewhere along the way. We probably yeah. have. My parents Rob and I are both um nineties. <laughs> We're a little yeah. later, but late nineties alums. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, we got our first season tickets in two thousand seven or eight as mm-hmm. well. Um yeah. I think. Yeah, so that's really funny. That's so cool. You never hear yeah. fourth generation Duke. That's- yeah, so no. I've gone to the 16, 17, and 2019 national championship games. Um, I've traveled. I haven't. I was at Colgate, sadly. Um, oh, that was a rough week. <laughs> yeah. And 
I've, I've been going pretty much every home game. I've been to both college game days. I even skipped my homecoming dance my junior year of high school to come to college game day, <laughs> which definitely yeah. better decision. <laughs> yeah. Good to know that for both those two. So. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. I can't remember which sign I made. I think it was like, I, I can't even. Oh, yeah. It was, hey, Villanova, you're um, – this game will go quicker than the Nats postseason run before they won the national. <laughs> oh, that was before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good work. So I, I've definitely been a fan my whole life. <laughs> nice. Well, you're in good company. I uh, I left a work event early at App State uh, to go to the first game day. Um, I nice. was there for like a weekend <laughs> conference and had to leave early to make it back. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, well, that's cool. So, like, you've got a long history as a fan. Like, at what point after you came to JMU did you get involved with the Breeze and start writing? Yeah, so my first day of my freshman year of college, after my first class, I got an email from Katie Harper, and she was like, yeah, come join the Breeze, because I put, like, an application just out there to see if anyone, like, would actually take me on. <laughs> <laughs> and so my first meeting was that night. And so, fun fact, um, Mass and Heuristic, my co-editor and I, were roommates. And we have been roommates since our freshman year of, high, of college. She only grew up about 20 minutes away from me. And we actually played field hockey against each other in high school. We just didn't know it then. <laughs> oh, no, um, what a small world. I know. When I met her on Facebook, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is insane. But we were like the main two freshmen that were there and there. And I was always pitching some football stories and trying to see if I could get that football byline. But um, I covered a lot of volleyball. My first semester here before women's basketball started kicking in as well. And I did a lot of women's basketball for Loco Sports in high school. So I was really familiar with that one as well. And it was like, I think they were coming off the year. They went to the um, final four for the, what's it called? The, the WNIT yeah. that year too. So I was like, yeah, I want to go see this team. They're going to be so good. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it's really fun. It was really fun covering games at Convo because you got to sit like on the press on like the, right on court side there was no press box <laughs> oh well that's an interesting question so obviously as fans we're all like mm -hmm. blown away and so delighted with the new arena mm -hmm. um are, have you are you guys like up above now somewhere else more removed we're like there's like two sides of like the student section there's like the side with that like right is by the main entrance by the shop by um tenders love chicken and then there's another side of the student section that's like mostly bleachers um, the press box is right by that second side. Okay. It's more of a press row. <laughs> it's, it's funny. We've had like, there's a couple times where some students will just come in, some beer, pretzel, sit down, and just start eating. And I'm like, what's going on here? And Jamie Athletics people come up and be like, no, you can't sit here. <laughs> it's, it's actually so funny. But I, it's, a, it's nice. It's different than courtside. But it, I'm just happy to be back in the press box. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. What was it like last year? Like it, it was, as Tom mentioned before, like it was hard on everybody as a fan, but covering it, did, were you like appreciative that you actually got to go to the games or was it just too surreal being there in empty arenas? What was it like? It was, it wasn't easy. Um, my for I got hired as sports editor in March, 2020, mm -hmm. about a week before everything shut down. Yeah. Um, I got into my major on the same day and I was like, oh, here we go. We are cruising. Life yeah. is going great. And then everything shut down. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, it was it wasn't easy. Um, my first semester as editor in the fall, when you have no sports and you're the sports editor, it's it's very boring. But it got better when basketball started. 
Um, we did get, we were allowed into games. Um, Mass and Horistic did a lot of the stuff at games, and so did Noah Ziegler, my former co-editor. Um, for the most part, I wasn't in basketball too much because I was dealing with, like, other, like, I was just managing a bunch of stuff, and I didn't really have the passion at that point because it was, like, ugh, it's just so draining when <laughs> all the stuff closed. But then when football started back up, a lot of that changed because football is what I've always loved here. Um, it's it's been my favorite sport here by far for years. And so when I got to actually go into a press box at Bridgeport Stadium, you know, it wasn't like what you would think it was like. It was like the stadium wasn't, you know, rowdy and everything. But at the same time, I was finally back into a press box yeah. and there was actual competition going on. And that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I went to that Morgan State game, actually, mm-hmm. which was one of the pre-fan Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird thing. But uh, yeah. Um, so were there any good things about covering stuff during COVID? Like it, that was kind of unique for you all? It's like it was interesting. You know, it gave it opened a lot of doors for me just because people, you know, there's so much going on with fan engagement and everything, but that wasn't happening. So the people actually got to kind of start to know me. Um, which was really good because a lot of times, you know, these sports information directors who kind of help us with everything, um, such as Chris Brooks, who you see on Twitter, um, and then Kevin Warner, who's kind of like in charge of them all as well, who you also see on Twitter, you know, they didn't really know me as much cause I was just a staff writer for the breeze. Um, so they, they got to know me, um, you know, and it opened just a lot of doors for me to write kind of a lot of stories outside of JNU per se instead of focusing on some of these stories that, you know, were just within JMU Athletics that were there now, I got to reach out to some old people, like alumni. I got to reach out to old head coaches and talk to them. And it made me think outside the box. And that's probably something that's really important as I go down the line. Yeah, for sure. And then you also started working like a real job now. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, not, not to say the breeze <laughs> isn't a real job. I know it's like more than full time. But you started working. Oh, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, but you started working for the DNR this year as well, right? Um, yeah. h- how did that happen? And like, how are you kind of? I don't know. How are you all managing that <laughs> between <Yeah>. like <laughs> school and the breeze and doing that as well? Oh yeah, it's it's a lot of hours in the week. <laughs> um, uh, I started as a stringer and during high school football season, um, mm-hmm. Greg Medea was like, "Hey, we need some help." because they were like their sports editor had like left um the paper and stuff and so it was him cody elliott and shane metlin were all kind of like taking turns being the editor and getting so everything obviously could get submitted and and on time and jim sacco the managing editor at the dnr was like hey we need some help and so greg was came to maddie and i and we he was like yeah do you guys want to string and i was like uh yeah i want to string get some more bylines out there (laughs) and so um you know, I did a couple of those and then I was supposed to do basketball, but they never reached back out. And then when Cody became sports editor at the DNR, um, they and right as Greg was leaving, he was like, hey, you know, you two, you should apply for the job. You should apply for the part time position that's opened up because you guys would be a fit for it. And Maddie was like, oh, my God, I'm so busy. I can't deal with that. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I'll apply. Why not? And I um, and so I started working here. I work about 20 hours a week. Um, I do about two feature stories, usually two games this week. I'm on three games, but no biggie. (laughs) Um, 
this week. So, you know, it's, it's fun because it's something different. I get to try out different things. And sometimes the breeze, like with stories like inside the locker room or four downs, right. You're going to, it was like the same story every week. Like here, it gives me the opportunity to kind of change up my writing. And so I, it's not the same story every week. Right. Oh, well, that, that's really interesting. That, that's cool. Was that, was that relationship? Like, do you think you benefit in some ways from COVID because it was a smaller press box last year and you actually got to know Greg. And so Greg was able to, yeah. to tap you. Definitely. Um, okay. You know, like at the, like Greg wasn't with us because we didn't have all the, as much in-person stuff my first year, mm-hmm. like that spring season, he, everyone was kind of, wasn't talking as much in the box just because like sometimes like Greg didn't really know who I was. Yeah. Um, but then this fall with football practice, I was always at football practice. I was on, on the media calls and the DNR would read our stuff too to just see what we were writing. And so, you know, everyone kind of like came together and was like, okay, well, they know who we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can trust them to write a simple basketball game recap. <laughs> so, you know, it, um, and I, I mean, I benefit from it. It's, you know, I, it's part-time, so I do get paid, which is nice <laughs> when you live in an apartment off campus. Um, but, you know, it, it was definitely a huge benefit of COVID, which I, it's hard to think about benefits of COVID, but that definitely was one of them. Yeah, a little bit of a silver lining. So now, mm-hmm. what are some, you've gotten to cover things in addition to football. What are some programs or personalities kind of outside of, of football and maybe basketball that, that you think fans should be more aware of or kind of hidden gems from your perspective in the JMU athletic program? The local community that has softball is something that everyone yeah. should see. I, so JMU softball is honestly up to the level with football with me because I've been going to games for years before, even mm-hmm. before the Women's College World Series. Um, I love Jamie softball. I really do. Uh, let me think like in 2016, I started watching college softball and my dad and my family were not the biggest baseball fans just because of how slow the game moves, but mm-hmm. I got my dad in the softball mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. we'd started with like this 20 inning game in the women's college world series between Oklahoma and Florida. I want to say, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, this is so fun. And I started yeah. watching Jamie and sure enough, Jamie's good at it. So, yeah, um, yeah. You quite know, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, and so I, I remember I was like sitting on my edge of my seat watching them in Michigan in 2019, mm-hmm. and then you know I come here and that's that was my spring sport I wanted to cover was JMU softball, mm-hmm. and so you know obviously COVID shut it down. I had a couple stories run in our spring supplement um mm-hmm. or special section as my boss calls it, but um you know. I really wanted to cover it. And while it sucked that everything got shut down, it allowed for that whole team to be there in 2021. Um, Number eight in the batting order that year, Lauren Burnett, she was a freshman. Um, So, you know, without that COVID year, she wouldn't have been on the team with the rest of them. So, um, but (laughs) the women's college world series felt like a dream, (laughs) but you know, with that local angle, um, when I decided to come to JMU, I went to a JMU softball game that morning. So, oh, okay. Megan Good, it was against um, Elon, and she had a walk-off grand slam at the bottom of the seventh. Yeah. <laughs> Vaguely. She's doing um, Megan Good things. Yeah, yeah she was. And my, maybe my favorite part is, like, looking out from beyond the bleachers there and seeing, like, all the people lined up, like, on the hill. 
Mm-hmm. And watching softball and it's like and you see all these little girls running around that have all their softball uniforms on and they're like and all the players come over and like sign their little softballs afterwards yeah. and it's just the cutest thing ever but it's it's such a huge local outreach that I don't think a lot of people have I mean softball had the most community service hours I've seen in a long time 159 this past semester mm-hmm. which is it's just huge like and I mean it makes sense I saw them tweeting all the time about how much community service yep. they were doing yeah. But yeah. the outrage that that program has is insurmountable. <laughs> yeah, we were talking to Coach Laporte about that, how it really seems like the Valley has embraced that program as its own as much as any other program at JMU. <laughs> it just seems like it's really just intertwined with the community. And you, like you mentioned, you know, the little girls really taking to it. It's, it's really cool. They've got top-notch program they can see in their own backyard and players who will engage with them. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's fun to see. When I was in Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Series, and I was there with Maddie and then Jake, my editor-in-chief. And so we're walking around just talking to fans at, like, any fans we can find. And we find this, like, little girl, maybe, like, five or six, and she's wearing this Kate Gordon jersey. <laughs> and we go up and we're like, how did you get this? And she's like, yeah, I want to be – we were had we dress – it was something like we dress as our profession, whatever we want to be when we grow up oh. or something like that, or a role model. And yeah. then – that she went and told her mom, she's like, I want to be like Kate Gordon. <laughs> and so her mom makes her like this, like handmade Kate Gordon's Jamie softball Jersey. Yeah. And she's, and then now, and then her dad said he promised her if they got to the world series that they could go. Yeah. And then so I'm seeing them walk around. I was like, this is the cutest story I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it shows you how much that outreach that community really has. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. And it, yeah. And it certainly helps that so many, I mean, Kate, Jalen Ford, Megan Good. Megan Good. They're all truly local kids, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, within an hour of campus, pretty much. So, yeah. yeah. So, all right, on that, the one thing I regret from our interview with Coach Laporte was I didn't ask more about offense, Rob. Um, Yeah. So, are you covering the team now, getting ready for the season? Yeah, yeah. So, I've had three stories, like, come out. Um, Two kind of, like, typical Savannah stories, like, you know, eight and eight, 900 words. And then I have one just looking at the freshman class. It was about 500 because we needed to fill some space for print. And I had like a 20 minute interview with coach Laporte before the semester started. And I'm still pulling stories. That out of that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I could, I could probably pull one more out of it if I needed to, but yeah. Uh, so the way our staff has grown a lot with the breeze in this past couple of year or months, I want to say. Um, so there's, I'm Maddie's kind of heading baseball because Maddie loves baseball. And then um, I'm kind of heading softball. And so I have about three writers there who will cover a lot, who will cover games and write features for the Dukes as well. Cool. So I'm wondering, uh, you mentioned Laura Burnett. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, uh, we expect her. And I was thinking like Emily Phillips probably, mm-hmm. but like we know who's going to pitch for this team, but yeah. who's going to hit for this team is what what I didn't really like corner coach on but like who else besides those two is going to carry the offense this year so look for Hannah Shiflett to step in there um she batted a lot before the playoffs yeah (laughs) um obviously coach Laporte went for her best batting order when that time came um but Hannah had she said offseason she's batted she's been hitting a lot in Charlottesville when I talked to her for her story um and look for Reed Butler to crack the lineup. Okay. Um, I asked Coach Laporte, I was like, yeah, who are who looking for? And she said Reed Butler was someone to watch. She's going to be a sophomore, I believe, this I year. So. 
Yeah. Um, she was out last year with an injury. So and she so she redshirted that year. Um, but that is definitely one that she honed in on as well. And they also have a transfer from South Carolina that's in as well. And um, you know, I, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but I think Coach Laporte mentioned her to crack the lineup as well. Cool. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we we were wondering about that. We were like asking her all about last year and then a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But we didn't quite drill down on that. Yeah. So that's good to know. Um so look. Who's a pl- beside you know outside of that? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I know what we want to ask is uh, we got to ask about the Sun Belt from a <laughs> you know not just you like you're uh-huh. kind of, in some ways you're probably more like us right I mean you're mm-hmm. really plugged in you're there every day and mm-hmm. you have to you know you have to listen to everything that Mr. Bourne says or mm-hmm. Coach Signetti says or you know mm-hmm. all the propaganda about the move right <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> but. Like, so we're just like older alums who have been kind of waiting on this, not waiting. We've t- discussed this topic for as long as you've been going to games, yeah. we've yeah. been discussing yeah. this topic. But just about that time is when we all started talking about whether JMU should move. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, like, what's the feeling like on campus? Like, do you have any sense of like, if other students care the way that we do, or are they just like, yes, no, like, is it a good mm-hmm. thing, a bad thing? I mean, I don't know. I kind of assume that everyone thinks like, oh, good. It'll be good. But I don't know. You know, like, are we wrong yeah. about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like a bunch of different things. There are some students here that know a lot about JMU sports. Okay. And yeah. they can rattle off names off the top <laughs> of their head. Um, and they, like, I'm not sure what their exact gauge on, but they're they're very involved. Okay. Um, some are are the ones that are like, oh, see, we don't want to save we want to save money from the budget, from athletics, and put it towards other things. And they don't really have an opinion on the Sunboat, from what mm-hmm. I've heard. Then there are some that are really funny, because they don't know a lot about JME sports. And they <laughs> walking around the quad, they, they don't really know what's going on too much. The uh, alums are the same way. Yeah. yeah, so no different than anybody else. <laughs> no different than anyone else. Yeah. So yeah. in last semester in my um, kinesiology um, 242 class, which is Intro to Sports Communication, um, our final video, pro- we had to do this final video project. And my group didn't do it, but um, Grant Johnson, um, Breeze, the Breeze's copy editor, he did this, um, where his group just went around to the quad and asked them the basic questions about the move to the Sunbelt. Um yeah. Like what? What conference is Jamie moving to? Yeah. Um, some of the answers were very funny. We got the Sun Chase Conference. There we um, go. Isn't that an that's apartment, an apartment complex? complex right, right, right. <laughs> oh, excellent. All right. Um, we got Jamie's moving. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. A lot. They. They. Some of them know a lot. Some of them not as much. But I think overall, a lot of people are excited. It's the ones I think that have been following it for a while who are more hesitant. I know some people who've grown up with the CAA, so they're like, I don't know how to feel about all of a sudden we're not playing in the CAA. But I think when the CAA ban happened, a lot of people changed their minds. (laughs) And a lot of people are like, okay, what? Move on. Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, like, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, move on. So, you know, it's definitely mixed, though, on campus. What's it been like in, in campus? Like, what stands out to you, um, not only as as a student journalist or professional journalist, but what have been the big moments in terms of like your campus experience? What was the 
win over UVA as big a deal on campus as it appeared to be in the arena or, you know, were there certain football games or, or the softball? Like what really stands out as something that drew the attention of the entire student body? UVA is absolutely huge. And I don't think a lot of people realize how big it was to the student body. Um, I've heard a lot of people tell us um, that was when I felt like a JMU student was at that game. Mm -hmm. Um, Because with COVID, a lot of these freshmen and sophomores and even juniors now are like, hey, we, we we haven't been able to go to a game at full capacity without masks and, you know, and just kind of just have fun. But with that UVA game, like with storming the court, I've, a lot of people were like, this is when I felt like a student here and I actually felt connected to the school, yeah. you know, and beating UVA is a huge deal. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, they're right up the highway. And so yeah. that was huge. And I think the Women's College World Series, now I don't think that gathered as much attention from individual students at the time because we all weren't on campus when it happened. Yeah, but that's the only we, bad part about that event. Yeah, if it, if the Women's College World Series was going on while we were here, it would have been huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it would have been awesome. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, from what I've been seeing on social media and what I hear, you know, it's it was it was huge. I mean, so we've had people say, like, Odyssey Alexander was the most popular athlete in the entire country for about a week. Yeah. And that, that's just, like, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> we're tucked away in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Like, we're not, you know, we're not pro- super prominent, but JMU really has been put on the map because of that game. I think a lot of people even looked to the Sun Belt, like, even looked at JMU because of that Women's College World Series run. Oh, yeah. No, that, that was huge for the entire university's profile. It was, I mean, that, that really, that touched a nerve with sports fans all across the country. Um, that was really fun. It just stinks. It would have been so cool. Like, can you imagine if that was going on, like, the oh afternoon God. games, people, you know, day parties and going to watch those <laughs> together? That would be the most epic event. Yeah. Yeah. Or May session. Like that that even if they were in school for May session, that would just be like an epic thing to take in with fellow students. Yeah, yeah I, I believe that they would have put either the game on at Bridgeforth or at ABC yeah. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. had students come out there and trust me, I would have been there reporting on it. But yeah. you know, that would have been insane. And they even off I remember seeing some traction on Twitter too, like, hey, let's do this even when students weren't there. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. If there were students here, it would be it would be absolutely insane because like and it's not it's like these are female athletes out there and you see a lot of this traction around football and basketball mm-hmm. but with softball to have that amount of traction that jamie softball had it, it was insane and it was it benefited the sport and the community so much oh, yeah. no it, that's neat that you said that because todd and i one of the things that always makes us so proud as jamie alums is we really feel like our women's teams are supported not just as like oh we should support them just as much as the men it's just like well no sports are sports we're going to support like there's no caveats there um and a lot of that is the way it credits you guys at the bridge for you cover them you know it's equal it's not like 1a and 1b but it really is cool is that still is that just us with purple glasses or is that how it is on campus because it really does seem like people get just as excited for any team at jamie to be successful yeah Yeah. i think a lot of people just want to be able to go to games it doesn't matter yeah when Jamie women's basketball opened with AUBC and what mm-hmm. a lot of students call the real opening yep. um, mm-hmm. versus in 2020, um, it was packed, like yeah. absolutely exciting packed. I mean, Sean O'Regan is pulling his tie off because he's getting mad in the fourth quarter. He throws yeah. it to the crowd of students and the students are like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, at the end he grabs a microphone. He goes, students, thank you so much for coming out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and you could, it was, 
the atmosphere was electric and it's probably the most electric women's basketball game I've seen since the closing of the convocation center. Mm-hmm. And cause I was there that one when streamers are like flying over everyone's heads yeah. cause I was on the court for that. And, um, you know, it, it doubt you definitely see it. And I think softball, it's going to drag a lot of people. I knew a lot of people going to even the CAA tournament games for softball in the spring yeah. and to just see what it's going to happen when they open against, um, Norfolk state, it's, it's going to be insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, we were so delighted too. just, uh, I mean, Rob, we talked, we've talked so much about this, but like former JMU football players, current pros, like those guys were all over the softball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think Dean Marlowe was like having a heart attack, like, half the, yeah. <laughs> you know, half the games, like it was really, that was really cool. We got to figure something out by the way, on the summer thing. Cause Lacrosse had the same thing in 2018. Yep. Yeah. In the summer, we got to figure out some way to make this. Uh, I, know. I don't know, like a like yes, some kind of campus watch party thing. We need to rev up that watch yeah. party system somehow in the summer. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, it seems like it would be so much fun with that that time of year. If you get everyone in one place, yeah, like you remember. I mean, we were talking about the Caps before we hit record today during the Stanley Cup run when they would do the the outside ones down on F Street. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was it was crazy. It was like you could argue like that might be better than being in the arena for some games. Um, yeah. There's something about being outside with a big crowd, just everybody taking it's, in. It just just, just seems more fun. We support you, you know. Yeah, it's it's like with the caps outside. You know, you're not in there. You're not with Vegas fans. Yeah. You know, but if JMU softball had the screens up on Bridge Four Stadium, you know, everybody in there would be a hundred percent going for Harrisonburg and for JMU and you know, it would be people you could bond with over that. And that that sometimes does make it more exciting. You see that with like a lot of, you know, college national championship games too, where like when UVA won it and everyone was like crowding the streets to watch it at John Paul mm-hmm. Jones. You know? It's like, it, it's it's a whole community there. And it's not just like one fan to the other for one game. Yeah, it's just different. Like it's just, it's different than like, obviously everybody's going to gather in Bridgeforth, you know, six mm-hmm. times a year for football games, but there's something mm-hmm. more celebratory when you're there and watching game from elsewhere, as weird as that sounds, it just becomes more of a party or, or a or an event because it's so unique and it's not something you get to do week in and week out. So I don't know. All we right, we so got to fix that. that. That's our thing. We'll change the calendar yeah. to, to yeah. give students more classes in, in late June. Class. Like, I'm sure they love more classes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Savannah. So you got to go to a couple of Frisco trips. Yes. You've been to OKC. Yes. Um, all right. So what's your best, you know, what, what stories do we not know about from your road trips covering the Dukes or as a fan of the Dukes? <laughs> oh my gosh. I have so many. Yeah. <laughs> I also went to Fargo, North Dakota yep. this year or last year, technically um, yeah. for yeah. that game as well. And that, let me tell you, that was a long day. I was up from about two fifty-five in the morning, Eastern time to a one, 12, 1 a.m. Central time. that was a long day but a very very fun day I've had um you know I have so many funny memories from everything I mean North Dakota State travels very well um Mm -hmm. North Dakota State is also very nice actually to JMU fans at least from what I met we were there in Frisco I mean my brother one time we were walking around I was with some of my other friends and my brother and North Dakota State brings this mechanical bull with them (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we <laughs> like, might have seen this my brother signs a consent form and he gets on 
and he just gets thrown off so quickly. But of course, but you know, like he's out there getting thrown around by a bull at Frisco in Frisco, Texas, with a JMU football game about to get ready to go. Like it's insane. Um, Oklahoma City just being in that press box was kind of insane. Um, you know, I'm I'm watching some of the best talent in the entire country play JMU. <laughs> I'm watching them in person. I've watched them on screens all year with COVID and everything. And now I'm walking down, I'm seeing Odyssey Alexander in person. And seeing JMU win. Like, yeah, they, you know, they, they know. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, that- it's just, it was so fun. And the trip, the trip to Oklahoma city was definitely an interesting one to say the least. Cause of how last minute we got thrown on planes. Um, and it, 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 it was definitely an interesting, but it was, it was fun. You know, we met so many people. we, you know, we met so many alumni that travel everywhere. And, um, you know, Jalen Ford and Megan Good were out there with their JMU jerseys on after they did some, um, I'm not, I can't remember what they were there for, but I think it was um, some pride, like USSA pride thing. Um, but they were out there supporting them. And that was, that was insane. And then with freaking North Dakota, like <laughs> North Dakota, they have some nice people there. They're funny. <laughs> They're yeah. very welcoming, but that snow is no joke. And that cold is no joke. <laughs> and how loud Fargo Durham is, is no joke. I was on the field at Fargo Dome because I had the halftime report that day. It was my turn. And so I had to be the photographer because that's what we could only afford to send Maddie and I. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm on the field. I'm like hearing and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is so loud down here. Like I see why they're getting false starts. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is it is so it was so loud, but you know, it was a like they didn't win. It was a very it was a fun trip because we got to experience a lot of the big media and the that Fargo Dome is like in an air hang old airplane hangar. That's why it's so loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like a regular football stadium. It's not a regular no. facility. No. It's like a it's for like a monster truck rally or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, you're pretty what I say. Like they are a tremendous program. I mean, arguably the greatest dynasty in college sports. Like them are yeah. like UCLA, but I'll, I'll go to my grave believing it's just the weird Fargo Dome that is at least you know fifty percent yeah. credit for some of that run. You know, it's just it's a tough place yeah. to play. Not it is. Miss it. No, not not <laughs> one bit. Not at all. Yeah. Oh. Um. So. You're, are you going to cut? So you're going to cover softball this spring. Um, yes. Anything else this spring as we like? Not too, not too much as we get into the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of writers that do some of that, and I have some DNR stuff I'll do as well. I'll probably do baseball and softball. I assume, not mm-hmm. exactly sure yet. Um, for high school as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, me, Logan Skinner, um, Ryan McGowan, and Jackson Hefner off the breeze will all be working on softball. Cool. this spring so definitely some of my newer writers but they're very they're very interested <laughs> logan was the one that wrote the Alyssa humphrey feature this past nice. week um which was very nice as well so definitely excited about that um this summer when i i'll be working with the dnr not quite sure what internships if any <laughs> lie ahead for me this summer um but you know it's it's gonna be exciting so are you yeah. graduating this year or coming back next year or i am a junior okay. so I, yeah, I was hired as a freshman. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Good. So you, so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm a junior. I'll be a senior next year, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do not want to think about graduation. 
but you know, well, you don't need to, you got a while. Just oh yeah. I, I, I try to tell myself that <laughs> and I try so, to my parents like, yeah, you got a while. <laughs> you mentioned your friend and your fellow sports editor, Madison Harissick. Um, mm-hmm. She's covering baseball. I'm assuming this spring, right? Uh, what has that been like? I mean, to the extent that you, I mean, I'm sure you guys talk about this, but mm-hmm. it's weird. Even we like long, very old middle-aged fans have never sort of been watch following a JMU player with the notoriety and the mm-hmm. national spotlight that Chase DeLauder mm-hmm. is bringing to the program. I mean, I don't think we've covered Rob and I don't, you know, there's a few basketball players from way back in the day that probably had some of this, but never. Colbecki, the, their basketball, there was a baseball player. It was Kevin Colbecki. I think I dropped around yeah. the Padres. But I don't know anything like like this, though. But nothing, nothing approaching this level. I mean, my guy who walks my dog was asking me about, and he's like a Buffalo fan, or like it just was weird. But he was like, "I'm a huge baseball guy," and I heard there's a kid at JMU. You know, like, like I I don't know. Is that is it interesting? Like, are you know, are you guys in your office getting, you know, is ESPN asking you or MLB people or something? You know, like how does that work when you have something like that? Yeah. Yeah, Maddie's really excited about it. Um, Maddie's loved baseball her whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was covering baseball freshman before everything got shut down and covered it last year, too. And she's like, oh, my gosh, now I have a draft prospect. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And she's been, she's been knowing he was going to do well ever since he was a freshman. She, mm-hmm. I remember her talking about him as a freshman mm-hmm. and just, like, thinking, eh, just a Jamie baseball player. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's very excited to have the opportunity to cover this. She's been working with some people to be like, hey, you know, how should I do like a mini series on them? How should I handle week by week stuff? And um, and she's bringing in staff writers and we're working with our TV station as well, Breeze TV on it. Um, and so she's she's very excited to cover Chase the Lauder. Um, she's talked to him multiple times and she followed him when he was up in the Cape Cod League this summer where he really like blew it up. Pretty broke out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last summer, she interned with the Valley Baseball League. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she got to know some people in the whole summer league industry. And so now that she's seeing Chase do all this, she's like, oh, my gosh. It's like I never left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and we actually – we have not put it out yet, Savannah, but we – Rob and I recorded a segment with some guys from a Sunbelt podcast mm-hmm. last week. And uh, that's a little tease for everybody else. So you got some good <laughs> content coming your way. Um but those guys almost like unprompted wanted to talk yeah. about this story because yeah. baseball yeah. is such a big deal in the Sun Belt, mm-hmm. and they were like, "We got to ask about like this." They yeah. know They're about like, this, you know. Yeah. They were, were like, "You guys well, got the number one college prospect." Yeah. Yes. Well, and it's weird because we haven't been good at baseball in a little bit. I know. You know. His, um, yeah. So his story is actually really sweet because it was like our staff writer Joshua Gingrich wrote a story on him back in the fall. And he like, he didn't have, he's from West Virginia. He didn't have too many offers. Like, you know, JMU was only the only offer that really stood out to him. And he came here and he loved it here. You know, this wasn't like he had a ton of offers from a bunch of different places. You know, it was really just JMU on the table, which is why I think he loves it here so much. It's because, yeah, while he's risen to fame and everything, you know, he's still a place he really liked to play and he's fallen in love with. So I think that, and I think you can see that just by the way he sticks around and hangs out around Harrisonburg. Well, it's crazy. Like he wasn't even drafted out of high school, was he? No, I don't. And, not and, and, to, <laughs> no, and to go from that to be a projected top 10 pick after that's pretty crazy. It's awesome. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's insane for him. 
Yeah, hopefully they'll win some games this year, even without. It stinks for them more than softball about not having a CAA. Yeah, this year and really probably it would have done chase numbers to be able to play in those tight games. And yeah, yeah, and uh, that's the thing. Like lacrosse and softball feel like they have a legitimate opportunity at large chances at at an at large bid with or without the CAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, where it's been really hard. You know, we talked about this a little bit before we started tonight, Savannah. Like. Basketball on both men's and women's side, I think it's gotten really hard for both teams. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you sense that, but like it seems like it's just you know you lose a few games and then you're kind of like, well, now we're probably not going to make the tournament. Like it's just really hard to hold it together, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously the men's team has had some injuries to, to go along with, <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. you know goes on. But yeah, I'm hopeful that baseball can. I don't know. I'm hopeful they can turn it around a little bit this year. Yeah. I, I, I think I think we'll see a better season than we typically have in the past from them. Um, they were on a pretty good run before the shutdown happened in 2020. They were, um, yeah. And, and, you know, in last year, what Maddie said is, like, you know, Justin Showalter wasn't playing his best. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of the team couldn't get into it. They had a lot of COVID problems. Mm-hmm. last year and so she's like yeah this year is probably the year to see them break out a little bit because they have you know they have chased the water but they also have you know a solid pitching rotation with Showalter with Donovan Burke and they also have an you know a new batting order I think what Eikenberry has said is that he's even having like a first and second order you know he has like a lot of different options to choose from so I think Jamie's due for a pretty good breakout year in the conference good I hope so because it, yeah. it's it's an opportunity to really elevate moving to the Sun Belt. That's a good baseball conference and really, yeah. you know, could create a lot of excitement for another program at JMU. Yeah, you know, like with basketball, it was really important after 2019-2020 to get basketball elevated up in the CAA. Yeah. You know, that was a huge sport. But now that basketball is on the right track, especially mm-hmm. with Mark Pinton in there, yeah. um, you know, baseball, I think, is that next step. You know, baseball is like the one sport at JMU that consistently hasn't been top half of the CAA. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I, that definitely is the next step. And and I think even with just Chase DeLauder being there, you, you're going to get better recruiting opportunities as well. And they travel a lot of places. They start with Florida State this year too. So, you know, they, they have the opportunity to grow their brand and everything. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking forward to it. I, I yeah. think that's a program. I, I, I Admittedly, I don't know much about college baseball. I'm not going to proclaim to, but <laughs> – but it's something I am excited about, the idea that now I'll have, you know, a conference that's pretty enthusiastic about it. It gives me more reason yeah. to root and to dive in. So looking yeah, forward to it. Definitely. Yeah, Savannah, in a couple of years when you're not writing for the Breeze and you're, you know, podcasting on the side about JMU sports, you will also <laughs> appreciate whatever spring sport does well yes. will be the greatest <laughs> thing ever because yeah. – <laughs> If there's no good spring sports, it's a long time between oh. the end of basketball and the beginning That's of football. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that March to August hiatus, lat, like, and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? All right. But yeah. the years, I mean, when we got the lacrosse run in 2018 and then last year with softball, like that was just a dream yes. scenario. <laughs> yes. From a, yeah. From a pure content standpoint. Yeah. 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 Uh, so. I, I don't know. You got anything else there, Rob? I'm really no, just thank you so much. For your time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you're clearly very busy between the previous, <laughs> your part-time job and school, but I really enjoyed this. So thank you for joining. Thank you for coming on tonight. This was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah of course. You, 
I mean, I've grown up around it, so I very, I very much know the history of it. Like with Cole Johnson, like I remember seeing him as a freshman. Oh wow! I remember all the games as a freshman, and so I was like, I tell Maddie all the time, I'm like, I think that's what makes this whole playoff run this year really special to me. Was one, there were a lot of parallels with the 2016 season this past year. with you know their schedule with their bracket with mm-hmm. a lot of the players that were on there mm-hmm. um with some of the win margins they yeah. they beat southeastern louisiana within it, the score is like within five of new hampshire <laughs> um in 16 which i was like oh my god maddie look at this <laughs> um <laughs> and i think that's what that's what made it special though was watching cole johnson grow from you know the baby Cole Johnson who couldn't find his helmet on the sideline when Brian Shore got hurt and he had to go in. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Cole Johnson. That you know, just, Villanova. Like, yeah, they had to yeah. call timeout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was when I talked oh. to Mike Houston for that interview. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. Oh wow. <laughs> like, but you know, I, that's what makes it really special here. Is like I've I've grown up with it, so I know it. So just watching them do well, it's like oh my gosh, like I've seen how much they progressed. I remember watching Odyssey Alexander against Tennessee when she was a sophomore on the mat on the in the circle, my bad. And she couldn't, you know, it was so hard to keep going. And then she just whipped them <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that it's just really cool to think about and everything. And I mean, you've probably seen that. I have a ton of breeze copies hanging up on my wall behind me. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of all the stories I put in the print edition as well. <laughs> all right. So do you have a prediction on the uh Cole? draft status free agent like are we going to get to see him at least in a preseason game in the fall somewhere i don't know i think he might try yeah cole is a very smart person okay he's extremely (laughs) smart he had a job opportunity lined up for him after the spring season that's what i was wondering though i figured that's what signetti was talking about back then when he was like yeah he's gonna have some real decisions to make and yeah Yeah, because he had a job and he's, he's very, I mean, he's like cybersecurity, you know, he, he's, he's very smart. I remember asking him before North Dakota State, I was like, yeah, how are your finals going? He's like, yeah, I was up all night with a paper last night, but now I'm good to go. You know, (laughs) (laughs) good to hear. You know, I think he's going to try because with Antoine Wells transferring as well, you know, when Antoine was going down, Cole was with him helping him throw the ball so Antoine would get the best looks. But while he was down there, people were also seeing him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and I think that's helped a lot. And he did really well in the Tropical Bowl too. Yeah. um, And that was was good to see because it was like, yeah, we're going to see, you know, sometimes North Dakota State, you know, Cole Johnson has an average game against North Dakota State. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just just average compared to the rest of his season. Right. That's fair. Um, But, um, you know, yeah, just Cole, I can't, I I think he's going to try, you know, like a lot of players on that team. I think they're going to try. I don't know if we're going to get any of them, but I think they're definitely going to (laughs) try. I think we're going to get somebody somewhere. I think think somebody is. Somebody will surprise us. There's always yeah. somebody that surprises you. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. we've learned over the years, I mean, sometimes being an undrafted free agent is better, is significantly better mm-hmm. than being drafted just because you get to choose, you yeah. get to have some, you you know, you and your agent have some say in where you go. I mean, so, you see that with Stinney all the time in, at yeah. Tampa, right? Like he was a part of that Super Bowl yeah. run. They- right. <laughs> right. And I don't know. I mean, between, yeah, between Cole and Fornadal and... Mike or heck, I mean, even like Dylan Stapleton, if not yeah. for the injury, a, he probably would have landed himself on a, on a 
last yeah. on the yeah. active roster with the Cowboys. I believe you know? that. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had that pegged after his junior year. <laughs> People like, oh, no, he's a fine player. But if you would have told me to pick five guys on that roster in the NFL, he wouldn't have been one of the five. And he was, yeah. you know, that close to doing it. Yeah. The other JMU athlete that's super smart that it was hard. It breaks your heart a little bit, but we talked about this, Rob. Is uh, I don't know if you see, Savannah, did you see the picture that uh, UNC put out of uh, Sarah Jubis in her uniform, but with yeah. the like doctor's coat, like her lab yeah, coat, yeah. like yeah. the Eshelman School of Pharmacy? And I'm like, oh, I can't really be upset uh, about that. Like, that's yeah, really you great. gotta be happy yeah. for her. Yeah. She's gonna, you know, do great. Yeah. So, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like I saw, I knew she, like I with most of that team, they didn't use the year because a lot of them went to graduate school. Mm-hmm. That's where Lindsay Meeks is, and mm-hmm. that's where Michelle Sullivan is, and she's actually playing softball for Duke, who comes to Harrisonburg this spring. Oh, wow. I didn't even, yeah. All right, nice. So we're going to see Michelle Sullivan back in town, which I will definitely be at that game. <laughs> yeah. So this is really um, funny. We're going to see Sullivan against Jubas in the Carolina-Duke rivalry. Yep. And yep. Michelle Sullivan, Duke has a really good chance. Like, yes. they're good. Yes, like, they are. They're more of JMU esque in their, you know, like they, in their quest. Yes. Yeah, we may see them in the postseason in the way that I don't yes. know about the Tar Heels. They're not traditionally that they're, strong. Yeah. They're on the rise from what I've seen. Um, I know that the new Georgia head coach, Tony Baldwin, um, mm-hmm. I inter- interned with Softball America over the summer. Oh, cool. So I talked to Georgia's head coach kind of about his transition coming into there. And he worked with UNC for a little while to help them before he came and worked in Athens. Um, so I think they're a team on the rise. Now, oh, uh, it's Shaw softball has shifted to the East in a lot oh, of its yeah. power. It used to be very Pac-10, Pac-12 team dominated. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing teams like Virginia Tech come yeah. in to play. Yeah. And all of a sudden Virginia Tech with Kaylee Richard, which fun fact, my um, cousin, so like my dad, sister's um daughter she and kaylee played on the same high school team is she she's um, from virginia too isn't she yeah she's from the williamsburg area yeah i was listening to a softball thing where they were talking about how many pitchers from virginia and they talked about richard and and odyssey from Mm -hmm. last year and then they were talking they couldn't remember and i was like it's sandercock it's the one they the one they were forgetting i was like because she was going to go to jmu and ended up uh-huh. at Florida State. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. Could you imagine Jamie having Cindercock? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not, I'm pretty happy with that we got Humphrey out of the deal. So. Oh, I'm very, Humphrey's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be fine, I think. So, oh, well, Savannah, thank you so much. And um, yeah, tell Madison and your other staff writers, um, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll be looking for people to talk to this summer as well. So, I mean, we're always yeah. happy to talk to you guys, but really, thank you so much. And uh, I, I'm, I, I think now I'm most looking forward to putting this out, and hopefully, Katie will be the first one to comment. So, oh, she definitely will. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, she will. She yeah, will. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. but Rob, all, all good for you. Yeah, just thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate you giving us your time tonight. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I was really happy to come on. Yeah, and, cool. and maybe we'll 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 look to uh, run into you sometime this spring at a softball game. So <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Savannah. Go yeah, Dukes. of course. All right.
Oh. Uh-huh. 